Uh, let's pray, shall we? Let's ask for God's help. Father, we just uh, ask, um, uh, we recognise the words of that song are so true, that you are our living bread uh, from heaven, um, that we need you desperately. Uh, we need you to live. Uh, we need you um, every day. And we pray, Father, that you would feed us uh, this day. Pray, Father, that um, as we come to you now, as we hear your voice, you would give us ears to hear and eyes to see. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Who is uh, Jesus for? Who did he come for? Maybe uh, we think he came for good people. I guess that's a, that's a fairly popular view in society. Uh, so I was talking to a chap not too long ago, and I told him what I did, that I, I worked for a church, and straight away he proceeded to tell me that he didn't go to church, but he did give money to charity. And uh, you see, his perception was that I went, I, I went to church and I worked for a church because I was a good person. And he was simply saying, well, I, I'm good too. Uh, uh, you know, maybe it was Jesus came for good people. Or uh, maybe to be a bit more specific, Jesus came for people who have it all together. Uh, you know, we're very good, I think, in these kind of churches, uh, painting that sort of picture, um, aren't we? So it's easy to walk into a church like this and kind of think on first impressions um, these people look like they've got everything sorted and life is just fine for them. Um, maybe that's what Jesus required. You know, did he come for people who've just cleared up all the mess in their lives and uh, they, they, they've got it all together? Or maybe regardless of how uh, sorted you appear, Jesus came for the religious. People who read their Bible every day regardless of whether it makes a difference or not who go to church every week, whether they want to or not, uh, who just kind of go through the motions, who tick the boxes, maybe Jesus accepts those people. He came for the religious. Or perhaps uh, people who know lots, people who are brought up in Christian homes, who went to Sunday school every week, who know lots about the Bible. Is it, is it those people that Jesus came for? Who did Jesus come for? Well, the answer to those suggestions is yes. Uh, Jesus did come for those people. Not because they appear to be decent or sorted or religious or knowledgeable, but because he came for all people. Jesus came for all people. Now, the, the reason that Jesus came for all people is, is, is exactly what we saw last week. We saw last week that people have a heart problem. Uh, so it's not that some people are actually good and some people are, are bad. You haven't got two separate categories there. It's not that some people have it all together over here and some people are a complete mess. Actually, our hearts are a mess. Our hearts are bad. Sin comes from in Side us. It comes from the heart. That's what we saw last week. 
And so everybody has a sin problem. Everybody, if you like, they're in the same boat. Okay, you, you imagine this boat, uh, and uh, everybody's in it. Everybody uh, in the entire world is in this one boat, and it's sinking. And Jesus is so full of compassion that he looks upon that awful situation, he looks upon the darkness of our own hearts, and rather than thinking, well, you got yourselves into that boat, you got yourselves into that mess, he takes pity, he comes to save people regardless who, of who they are, regardless of what they've done, he came, comes to save all people who are in that same boat. You see, in one sense, he comes for everyone. And yet, only some are pulled from that boat. Only some actually experience the compassion of Jesus. Now this week, we see two people who experience that compassion. And unlike the religious leaders that we saw last week, do you remember Jesus called them hypocrites? He called them just actors. He, he, he effectively rejects them. Unlike them, Jesus takes pity on these two people. He brings salvation to the two people that we see this week. And we see that they're very different from the religious leaders. They're very different. Uh, they don't look like they've all got it together. Uh, they're very unique people incredibly unique. Their encounter clearly shows us that, that Jesus has come for all people, regardless of who they are. But it also shows us, their encounter also shows us that he has compassion on all people who seek him, who know that they're sinking. That's what we see them doing. And we see them doing this in two different ways. We see a woman who is hungry. She's hungry for Jesus. And we see a man who is needy. He's needy for Jesus. So let's take those two things in turn. First thing we see, Jesus' compassion for all who are hungry. Jesus' compassion for all who are hungry. So we see this, as Jesus, Jesus kind of moves on. He's, he's moving on from where he was last week. He goes to this place called Tyre. Uh, and what we need to know about this is this is Gentile territory. Now, Gentile, if you're not familiar with that word, it simply means people who are not Jewish. Uh, okay, so you've got the Jews, and then you've got the Gentiles, uh, not Jewish people. And as he goes there, he's approached by a woman. Have a look at verse uh, 24. Uh, Jesus left that place and went to the vicinity of Tyre. He entered a house and he did not want anyone to know it, yet he could not keep his presence secret. In fact, as soon as she heard about him, a woman whose little daughter was possessed by an impure spirit came and fell at his feet. You see, Jesus wants to be left alone, verse 24. We don't know, quite know why, but that's what we're told. And yet... This woman rushes to Jesus as, and falls at his feet. Um, as soon as she hears about him, her daughter is possessed. The woman is, is clearly desperate to see Jesus, and he, he, he can't get away from that. She's so desperate, she seeks him out. 
Now, before any kind of interaction takes place, Mark tells us about her. Uh, have a look at verse 26. The woman was a Greek or a Gentile, born in Syrian Phoenicia. You see, this woman was not only a Gentile, but Syrian Phoenicia, she was from a place that would have been totally against God. Uh, it was infamous for kind of pagan worship and idolatry. She wouldn't have engaged in any Jewish religious practices. Uh, she wouldn't have known anything uh, about the Old Testament, about the Bible. And the Jewish leaders, if, if they had seen her, they would have considered her unclean, they would have looked down on her, and they would have hated her. And as she begs Jesus to help her daughter, he seems to initially reject her requests. You see there, verse 27? Uh, so she begs him, and this is what Jesus says, first, let the children eat all they want, he told her, for it's not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Now, Jesus doesn't hate this woman. Okay, he's not looking down. When, when he refers to her as a dog, which, which he does, that, that is not a derogatory term at this point. Okay, Jesus doesn't have a problem with her or women generally. What he's doing is he's painting a picture to show that she's different. So here, you see the picture. You have a family home, and there's children who are sitting at the table and eating their bread, as you would expect. The children are being fed at the family, family table. And Jesus is saying, look, you don't suddenly take that bread away from the children and throw it to the pet dog. Okay, the, the, the children are the priority. That's just common sense, isn't it? They don't go without their food for the sake of the dog. Okay, that, that's what he's saying. Now, what he means in the context, what Jesus is talking about is the Jews and the Gentiles. The Jews were God's chosen people in the Old Testament. They were, if you were born into a Jewish family, you were born into the people of God and you received all the benefits that came with that. They are, if you like, God's children. But they still needed Jesus. You know, the Old Testament is a story of how they constantly rejected God. As we saw last week, they're still doing that. Okay, they have all these Jewish traditions and they have the law, but their hearts are far from God. And so in God's grace, Jesus was promised to them. And so he comes, when he comes, he comes primarily for them. He comes for the Jewish people. He comes for the children of God. And when this Gentile woman goes to Jesus and asks for salvation, he simply said, what he's saying here is, look, it's for the Jews first. The bread is for the children first. I'm not going to throw it to the dogs for the sake of the Jews. Now, remarkably, Unlike the disciples, she understands what Jesus is saying. And yet she doesn't just accept it. Have a look at verse 28. Lord, 
she replied. Even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. Now you see, she's not disagreeing with Jesus. She's not saying, oh, the Jews shouldn't come first. And she knows that she's not a child. But she knows who Jesus is. She knows how big he is. And she knows there are crumbs to be had. And here's the thing, she wants them. She's hungry. She's hungry for what he offers. I guess, you know, what, what, what she's kind of expressing here is, is, is that feeling that we, we, we've, all, we've all had uh, at some point. You, 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 know, you know, where for one reason or another you miss a meal uh, during the day, you've been on the go all day, and uh, you haven't stopped, and there hasn't been a point in time uh, where you can kind of stop and eat, and it just it kind of catches up with you, and so you start to feel the effects, don't you? you? You're completely empty, and it seems as if every part of your body is kind of crying out for something, you know, something to eat. You're desperate, just any kind of food, as long as it's something to eat and nourish your body. You know, that's all you can think about. That's all you long for at that 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 point, and things won't be okay until you've eaten the bread. Now that's how this woman comes to this Jesus. Okay, her circumstances have brought her to that point, but she is desperately hungry for him. And it's for that reason, verse 29, that Jesus gives salvation to her. He has compassion on her. He says, go, you know, your your daughter's been healed. I'll I'll give you what you want for your reply because you're hungry. Now, for a Jew to have seen that, that would have been horrific. Uh, You you know, that Jesus would respond to this woman, not born a Jew, not holding to a religious system, never giving God a thought. You know, this would have been inconceivable. And so Jesus is crossing a major boundary here. And in doing so, it's absolutely clear that Jesus has not just come for the Jews, he's come for the Gentiles. He's not just come for those who have been brought up knowing about God, but those who haven't, those who are far off. Jesus came for all people, and his compassion is there for all people, but it is given to all who are hungry. Now look, that's what God has always desired. Uh, it's actually, it's what you expect, isn't it, from the Jewish leaders, because they knew that Jesus was coming. But since Jesus has challenged their way of thinking, they've ever, only ever sought to reject him, to get rid of him. Yeah, there is a sense in which those children at least, the, the, the religious leaders at least, have sat down for dinner and the bread has come to them and they've looked at it and they've just thrown it in the bin. You know, in contrast, this woman sees Jesus and she wants what he offers. She's hungry for him. Now look, that is good news for us. For for Jesus to have compassion on the hungry is really good news because it reminds us that salvation is not about who we are. 
So you don't need to come from a certain background. You don't need to know loads of stuff. You don't need to have been going to church for a certain amount of time. There's no bar that you need to reach. You know, th- th- there's no set of rules that you need to have kept. The people that know Jesus are those who want to know him. You know, who are hungry for a genuine relationship with Jesus. And if you're a Christian here this morning, I'm fairly sure you would have known that hunger at one point in your life. Because as God opens your eyes to see who Jesus is, as as he allows you to understand Jesus' words, you you can't do anything but hunger for him, can you? You know, you see how good he is and you, you want him. You want to know more of him. And as you see that he is so full of compassion on people even like me, actually he, he satisfies us, doesn't he? he? He gives us what we all really long for. You know, he gives that to people even like me and like you. And I guess the thing is, even though we've had that experience, it, it, it tends to fade, doesn't it? You know, there are times where actually we, we don't hunger for Jesus. There are times where we, we, we feel like we don't, we don't really want Jesus at, at all. We don't want to know him more. Now, how do we recapture that hunger? It's not simply to try and be more hungry. We, what we need to do is to see our great need for Jesus. That's the second thing we see this morning, that Jesus is full of compassion for all who are needy. Jesus' compassion for all who are needy. So, uh, Jesus moves on again, and um, we see in verse 31 that he ends up in a region called the Decapolis. Now, it's important to say again that this is, this is again, a Gentile region. It's far away, he's kind of travelled quite a bit, but it's, this is still a Gentile region, and the man you now see brought to Jesus is a Gentile you know, Mark is making the point that Jesus came for all people, not just Jews, but Gentiles as well, uh, people who are non-Jews. And what we see particularly about this man is he is extremely needy. Have a look at verse 32. Uh, there, some people brought to him a man who was deaf and could hardly talk. And they begged Jesus to place his hand on him. See, his friends beg Jesus because the man can't. He can't talk. He can't hear. And he would have needed that wherever he went. He is in great need. See, for him, Jesus is not kind of simply bread to eat that he he hungers for. Actually, it's a step up from that. For him, Jesus is more like oxygen. Without Jesus... This man is going to drown, he's going he's to suffocate, he, he simply he can't do anything, he can't live. He's in great need of Jesus and Jesus has compassion on him. Just have a look at verse 33. And he took him aside, uh, this is Jesus, um, Jesus took him aside away from the crowd, Jesus put his fingers into the man's ears and then he spat and touched the man's tongue. 
He looked up to heaven with a deep sigh and said to him, Apatha, which means be opened. At this, the man's ears were opened, his tongue was loosed, and he began to speak uh, plainly. Now, the compassion of Jesus there is, is shown in the way that he, do you see, the way he takes the man aside, more than just a face in the crowd, he treats him as a unique individual. Jesus has compassion in the way he touches this man uh, to heal him. And he has compassion because it's much more than just a physical healing. See, what you'd see described here is exactly what God promised through uh, the prophet Isaiah. So if you, you go back to Isaiah, what happens is God is promising judgment, judgment, judgment on the nations. That judgment is coming. And yet, God says that he will come and he will save his people from that judgment. And on that day, what we see promised is exactly what we see here. Just as the people say in verse 37, that on the day of salvation, the deaf would hear and the mute would speak. And salvation would be granted to the weak and the needy. Well, God has come, isn't he, here in the person of Jesus. And, and what we see here, that the, the, the man whose, whose ears are opened and who, whose tongue is loosed, that is a sure picture of that day of salvation. It's a sure picture of salvation coming to the people who are needy. And the point is, given that broader picture, that's exactly who we are. Every single one of us. We are needy people. You know, the, the, the reason people don't come to Jesus, the, the, the reason they don't know him is because they don't see their need of him. You know, we, we, we feel as if we have everything we need in material things. We, we feel as if we have everything we need because we, we live in comfort. We don't feel as if we're needy. And actually, often, we don't want to recognise it, do we? You know, the world kind of hates this idea of needy people. It doesn't want to admit that we're needy. So, you know, I think that's what's behind things like assisted suicide, that, that people who have certain disabilities or illnesses are just too much of a burden. You, you, can't, be, you can't be needy here. We'll just get rid of you. Well, you know, instead, it's the idea that Actually, you hear this, I mean, surely you've heard this with the Olympics a, a, a whole, a great amount, that if you just try hard enough, if you, if you put your mind to anything, well, you can, you can get there and you can achieve and you can contribute. Um, you know, if you can do it, you can do it. And so often we just get sucked into that. So often um, we like to appear, don't we, as if we've got everything sorted. You know? Or, or we like to appear as if we're doing the right thing, just like the religious leaders. Do you see, that's why they don't come to Jesus. Because they, they like to think they've got it all done themselves. Now, the way it works out, I guess, so often we, we say things like, oh, well, I don't want to be a burden. You know, I, don't, I don't want to put you to, to trouble. I, I, I don't want to be needy. But that is never the case when it comes to a relationship with God. Can you see? You deserve judgment. Judgment is coming to every single one of us. 
you know, never mind that boat that is sinking, it's, it's virtually sunk. And we're in such trouble, such need, that Jesus had to come and die in our place. He had to come and take that judgment for us. That's how much we needed him. And even then, his work on the cross doesn't apply to us until Jesus touches us. We can't hear what he says. We can't cry out for help. Only Jesus can open our ears and open our mouth. Only Jesus can give us that salvation. You see, we need him. We desperately need him. And the great news is that he has compassion on all those who know that they need him. And so, do that. You know, if, if you're ever in doubt of your need of Jesus, look at the cross. Look at the cross and know how much you, you needed him. Not just for your point of conversion. It's not like you, you need him at that point and then you can just move on and do it all yourself. But every single day, we, we, we need Jesus just to hear him. We need Jesus just to speak with him. And so we need to know that we're needy people. Now the interesting thing here is that, that whilst Jesus is the only one who can do that, you know, open the ears of this man, he doesn't come to Jesus alone, does he? You know, a group of people, I guess a group of friends, take him to Christ. A group of people present his needs before Jesus. You know, the, the truth is, to know our own need, we need others. So, you know, this week, what, why, not, why not meet up with somebody here in this room and remind them of how much they need Jesus and talk with them about it and pray with them? Why not, this week, meet up with a neighbour uh, to, to, to get to know them over time with the intention of taking them to Christ because they need him and they can't do that on their own. Now look, that doesn't have to be anything big. You, you don't have to be organised to do that. You don't even have to know much. You know, you can do that anytime, any place and you just need to know the compassion of Jesus for yourself. That you too need him and that's where it starts, isn't it? As you intentionally meet with somebody and share your own spiritual needs and admit your own weakness and ask them to pray for you and ask them to share Jesus with you. you know, as we do that, as we recognise how much we're in need, do you know what? We'll become more hungry and we'll know Jesus' amazing compassion for us more and more and more. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you so much that Jesus is um, so compassionate on uh, people who haven't got it all together, people who have ignored you, uh, people who are against you, uh, people like us, we, we praise you 
Father, that Jesus came um, for people like us. And Father, we pray that whoever we are, regardless of who we are and where we come from and what we've done, we ask therefore that we would recognise our need of him and that we would grow hungry for him. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.